Today on The Matt Wall Show, we are told that we should defund the police because black lives matter. Black lives matter, so we got to defund the police because the police are killing so many black people. That's the claim anyway. But I've got a better defunding campaign that is sure to save many more black lives, and I will propose it today. Also, five headlines, including the media's expected pivot back to coronavirus fear-mongering. So they they uh, have, have forgotten about it for the last two weeks because they want to support the, the riots and the protests. But now they're going right back to telling us we're all going to die if we gather together in large groups because of the coronavirus. Uh, we knew this was going to happen, but it doesn't make it any less ridiculous. We'll talk about that. And in our daily cancellation, I cancel House Democrats for the most outrageous bit of pandering we have ever seen, I think, from politicians. All of that coming up. But I want to mention right at the top here, that today is my 500th episode. Uh, somehow and for some reason, I have done 500 of these things. So I want to thank you all for supporting the show all this time, unless you have not supported it all this time. If you just started watching now, um, then please get the hell out of here, you bandwagon jumper. We don't need you. Actually, we do need you. I apologize. Please stay. Please forgive me. Uh, now, in celebration of this momentous occasion, I wanted to do something very special, uh, something I'd never done before, something to signify the enormity of, of this event. And so I have decided to throw some confetti. Um, but I didn't have confetti, so instead I just tore up some pieces of used napkin. And I will now, to commemorate this event, um, in an act of boisterous celebration, I will toss this confetti joyfully into the air. Here we go. Well, that was pretty. That was pretty significant and pretty exciting. Um, anyway, so there's that. Let's uh, let's move on. I'm going to take a second here and tell you about our uh, our sponsors at ReadyWise. You know, our sponsor Wise Company recently changed their name to ReadyWise. And now is a great time to tell you about them because it's obviously a better time than any to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options, uh, you know, because you never know, you never know what's going to happen. And it's really important to be prepared in an emergency. Uh, this is something that maybe I haven't been the best at, but uh, now with ReadyWise, I know at least I've got the food squared away and ready to go. ReadyWise has many options like emergency meals. They've got freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition. They've got new adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. So this isn't just, you know, you've got the, the meals in emergency. You've also got them uh, for convenience. If you're going out hiking or something, you want to bring ReadyWise meals with you. They're easy to prepare. You just add water. You have a very, you have a very, very long shelf life as well. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. You can order online and have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. It's as easy as that. Uh, very affordable as well. ReadyWise uses the finest ingredients and latest food preparation technology to ensure optimal taste and freshness. So uh, just because it's convenient, just because it's something you're, you're stashing for an emergency doesn't mean you have to give up on taste. You never want to do that with food. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at ReadyWise.com when entering Walsh at checkout or by calling 855-475-3089. ReadyWise has a 90-day, no questions asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That's ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com. Promo code Walsh to get free shipping today. There are, there are two slogans that we've heard quite a bit in recent weeks. One is, um, 
One is Black Lives Matter. The other is defund the police. So we need to defund the police because, and, and of course, from the perspective of the activist, they're going to connect those two and say we should defund the police because Black Lives Matter. If we want to protect black lives, we, must, we, we, we have to defund something. And what should we defund? The police. Okay, that's the logic. Now, there are many problems with uh, the idea of defunding the police. We talked about some of those problems yesterday, though I suspect it's probably not necessary to go into detail explaining why we can't get rid of police departments. Any reasonable person can, off the top of their head, come up with 10 reasons, at least, why that's a bad idea. Uh, and then they could give you another 10, uh, because it's really quite obvious. So instead, what, I, what I'd like to explore is this idea of defunding something for the sake of protecting black lives. Since they, since the left, has brought up the subject, I, okay, well, they brought it up, so let's talk about it. And I've got a, a better idea. I've got a defunding plan that would directly and immediately save many black lives. And that would be, of course, Planned Parenthood. We could defund Planned Parenthood. Better yet, after defunding Planned Parenthood, let's abolish abortion entirely. Now, that, that should be the next step. If black lives matter, and they do, then certainly all of the many millions of children, black children, murdered in abortion clinics uh, every year matter, don't they? I mean, they either matter or they don't. A thing either matters or it doesn't. If, if those children don't matter, then black lives don't matter. If a life doesn't matter at its earliest and most vulnerable stage, then it doesn't inherently matter at all. Inherent, okay? That means belonging to a thing by its nature. So if black life, if any human life at all, black, white, or otherwise, inherently matters, if it has inherent value, that is value belonging to it by its nature, then it has that value um, and it matters from the moment of its conception, from the moment of its existence. If, if, if something has any inherent value of any kind, any inherent quality of any kind, it must have that quality from the beginning. Otherwise, it's not inherent. Otherwise, it's value or it's a quality that, that it, that it, uh, it uh, gained or achieved at some other point which means it is not inherent. Now, uh, this is inescapable. You know, you, you really can't get around it. If that life does not inherently matter at that stage, then it does not have inherent value at all, and therefore its value is based on something else, on its usefulness to society, on its, on its desirability to others, on its ability to care for itself, whatever it is. Whatever the value is based on, the value is then conditional. So the real question is, uh, when someone says, black lives matter, I guess the, the follow-up question we should ask is, are you saying that black life matters conditionally, or are you saying that it matters inherently? Does it matter by its nature, does, or does it matter because, of, uh, because of, of something else? A black person matters. A black person's life matters. Is it because of, of, of the... The, the things that that person can do for us, how desirable that person is to us, or is there, is there something deeper? Now, I would suspect that the people who go around saying Black Lives Matter, they mean it inherently. They mean it on the deeper level. I, I would suspect that if you tried to attach the word conditionally to the phrase Black Lives Matters, 
everybody who says Black Lives Matter would be very upset about that and would accuse you of being racist. I'm going to assume that. I could be wrong. Now, the people in BLM, if they want to come out and say, oh, no, no, we mean it conditionally. BLMC, Black Lives Matter conditionally. If that's what you mean to say, then, then tell us. But I'm going to assume you don't mean that. Of course, if that is what you mean, then, it's, then, then you know, that, that rather weakens the slogan, doesn't it? Um, now, here's, here's the answer that I give anyway. I guess I really can't speak for anybody else, but I say that black life matters inherently. I say that all human life matters inherently, which means those millions of black lives killed by abortion are victims deserving of at least the same level of outrage that we've shown for George Floyd. Probably quite a bit more outrage, in fact. Because these are, these are innocent lives who've never had the chance to do anything, to live, to make choices. They've been deprived of all of that. Um, and there are a lot of these victims, by the way, a lot. According to a study published on the NIH website, the black abortion rate is three times higher than the white abortion rate, at least three times higher. I've read numbers putting it four or five times higher. The CDC tells us that over 35% of abortions are performed on black women, though black women only comprise less than 15% of all women of childbearing age in the country. So 15% accounting for 35%. How many black babies have been killed since Roe v. Wade? Well, we don't have an exact number. Um, those are not numbers that the abortion industry is necessarily eager to keep track of and advertise. But if you look at the percentages and you look at the rate and you look at the overall number of abortions, we can say confidently that tens of millions, tens of millions of black babies have been killed since Roe v. Wade. Uh, the black population is significantly smaller than it otherwise would have been if not for this carnage. And it gets worse. In some cities like New York City, for example, more black babies are aborted than born. If you're a black child conceived in New York City, it is more likely that you will be killed in the womb than delivered into the world alive and breathing. Again, you cannot get around this. You cannot coherently argue that any life matters, black or otherwise, if you support the mass slaughter of that life in the womb or at any other point of development. And now a message from LifeLock. Uh, it's an important message, too, because we've all been in the situation where we get duped by an internet scammer or, or at least almost duped because these scams are getting, they're getting more clever, okay? It's not just about the Nigerian princes these days. Uh, they're getting very clever in how they obtain your information. The April 15th tax deadline was pushed off until July 15th. And of course, we're all relieved by this, but the extension also gives additional time for fraudsters to mine for data to sell. So proactive approaches to protection are more important than ever. After all, the Government Accountability Office found that fraudsters use false identities to steal at least $1.68 billion in tax refunds in 2016. Uh, you don't want to be someone who falls victim to that. Every day, we put our information at risk on the internet, and cyber criminals around the world keep finding new ways to steal identities. They're getting more creative with it. LifeLock, then, is a leader in identity theft protection, and they're staying one step ahead of the bad guys every step of the way. If you become a victim of identity theft, LifeLock can help you restore your identity easier than you would be able to do on your own. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity theft threats, 
um, like your social security number being up for sale on the dark web. That's the kind of thing that probably the average person isn't going to be able to find out on their own. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Walsh. That's lifelock.com slash Walsh for 25% off. Now, let's say that 20 million black babies have been killed by abortion uh, since Roe v. Wade. It's, you know, it's probably considerably more than that, but let's, let's go with a, a, a conservative estimate and say 20 million. Now, I want you to actually picture that. Because, because this is one disadvantage, one of many, that the victims of abortion face. That their slaughter is off camera. It is shielded from our eyes. It, it, it happens in a, in a building, um, in a nondescript, you know, sort of innocuous looking building in a shopping mall many times. Uh, it's not on video. And these, these children are not shouting, I can't breathe. If they're crying, we can't hear them. And so we don't picture it. We can't. We don't have any real image of it. But let's try for a minute. Let's, as disturbing as it is, picture in your head 20 million victims. Picture 20 million dead babies. 20 million. In a, in a mass grave. Okay, now look at that carnage. Look at that bloodbath. And tell me that you can give it a thumbs up while still claiming that life matters. Tell me that you can look at that mass grave with 20 million dead black babies and, 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 and still say that you believe that black life matters. It's absurd. It is a gross, morbid absurdity to make that claim while supporting that. You know, this is not... Um, this is not some cheap uh, whataboutism game. This is me listening to someone and taking them at their word. You say that black life matters. You say you believe that. I believe it. You say you believe. Okay. Well, great. Because if you believe that, then I would like to call your attention to the tens of millions of black babies being killed in abortion clinics. It, it, it seems like a logical thing to bring into this discussion. It, it, it seems like if we ignore that, then the whole discussion is ridiculous. Do you know how many unarmed black men were, uh, were killed by police last year? Nine. Nine. And not all of them unjustly, by the way. Just because of an, un, un, an unarmed person, and there were more than twice as many white uh, people killed, uh, unarmed people killed by police last year. Now, not all of them unjustly. When you hear unarmed person killed by police, that doesn't mean that it wasn't in self-defense on part on on uh, the part of the police officer. Take the Michael Brown situation. Two forensics investigations, including Obama's DOJ, looked into that, investigated it, and found that he was justified. Michael Brown was attacking the police officer, trying to take his gun and kill him. Forensics evidence, eyewitness evidence. Once all the smoke cleared. All of the, you know, and, and the false reporting and, the, and the, the false narratives and everything. Once all that was, was cleared out of the way and we were left with the evidence and the actual eyewitnesses, it, 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 it turned out that Michael Brown was trying to kill this man and was shot for his trouble. 
that is a totally justified killing, entirely the fault of Michael Brown. He brought that on himself. Is it, is it a terrible tragedy? Yes, it's a tragedy anytime someone throws their life away. Okay, someone, go, someone uh, you know, an armed robber goes into a convenience store, points his gun, gets shot by the store clerk and dies. That's a tragedy in a certain sense. Uh, it's, it's not an injustice. It's not an outrage. The store clerk was, was acting in self-defense. But it's a tragedy that a person has thrown their life away for no reason. Thrown their life away for, you know, $57 in the cash register. Michael Brown threw his life away. That's a tragic, terrible thing. Um, but in any case... That's an example of how an unarmed uh, killing can be completely justified. So, but let's uh, nine unarmed um, uh, black people killed by police last year. Nine. Compare that to twenty million. I mean, he, here we are. Focusing, talking about Black Lives Matter, focusing the conversation entirely around a comparative few black people unjustly killed by police. And meanwhile, we've got millions, millions of victims. And we're ignoring them. How, how can we do that? And I, I even hear from pro-lifers sometimes to say, oh, you know, don't, don't bring this, this isn't, it's not appropriate to bring this up right now. What? We're talking about Black Lives Matter and everyone's talking about a few, you know, a few over here. We got, a, we got millions of victims over here. How can we not bring that up? It's insane not to bring it up. So this is really the balls in your court. Your, your, your BLM activist, you're someone on the left. Um, balls in your court here. You have to make up your mind. You have to make a decision. Does black life matter inherently or not? Is it inherent or is it conditional? That's the question you have to answer. And you see, I know what your answer is, though. It's the answer you don't want to give. Your answer is conditional. That's the answer you give for all human life. Black, white, any race. What you believe is that that value of that life is conditional. And so a child in the womb, the, the condition by which that child's life matters is, is if the mother wants that baby. If the mother doesn't want the baby, then the life doesn't matter at all. It's garbage. Th literally throw it in the dumpster, which is what they do with these babies. They throw it in a medical waste. They throw the bodies in a medical waste dumpster. So you are someone who believes in, in the conditional value of human life. But you won't say that because you recognize that it's horrific. It is a horrific, nihilistic point of view that, that, if you're honest about it, renders you incapable, actually, of really speaking out against any injustice. Because according to your view, no life actually really matters. It doesn't actually matter. It doesn't really matter. In certain conditions, we can sort of pretend that it matters, but it doesn't really. It doesn't actually. That's your view. But you don't want to say it. And all I would suggest is that if you have a view that you don't want to say out loud because it's so horrifically awful, um, 
And if you have a view that could logically be applied to justify any injustice from the Holocaust to slavery to anything else, which the belief in the conditional value of human life does justify anything, really anything at all, uh, and, and all of the perpetrators of, of all the historic injustices have believed in the conditional value of human life. And that's the justification they gave for what they were doing. So if you hold a belief like that, that could be a really good indication that your belief is wrong and you need to change it. And the great thing is, if you change this belief in the conditional value of human life and instead embrace the inherent value of human life, you don't have to abandon everything you're saying right now about black lives matter. Quite the contrary. Now you can take it and it really means something and you can apply it consistently and you can speak out in favor of not just the few uh, black people who are unjustly killed by police every year, but speak out in favor also of the millions of children who have been unjustly killed in abortion clinics. All right, let's go to uh, your news headlines. Number one, the looter and all-around scumbag who um, shot retired police captain David Dorn was arrested this week. His name is uh, uh, Stefan Cannon. But it won't surprise you to learn that this is not Cannon's first run-in with the law. In fact, in 2014, he was uh, convicted of felony robbery. He was supposed to go to jail for seven years. Guess how many days in jail he actually served? In prison, that is. Zero. So he was, he was, he was convicted of, arm, of, uh, of, or I should say felony robbery. He was convicted of felony robbery. Supposed to go to jail for seven years. Spent zero days in prison. And he was given probation. He violated probation twice, avoided prison on both of those occasions as well. Now, um, if Cannon had actually served the sentence and done the time that he was supposed to do for the crime he had committed, he'd still be there right now. He wouldn't be getting out until, what, 2021. And David Dorn would still be alive. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a trade that I would love to make. Have this scumbag in jail out of the way and still have David Dorn alive. Dorn, who was a good man by all accounts, an accomplished man, a man who cared about his community, clearly cared about his community, went out in the middle of all this chaos to try to stop people from looting. We could still have him if this scumbag had been locked away like he deserves. I do have to wonder, though, you know, white privilege. Is that what this is? Stefan Cannon, a black man, committed felony robbery, didn't spend a day in prison, how does that work with the white privilege systemic racism theory? I'm just wondering, how do you fit that in? And how do you fit it in with Black Lives Matter, considering the light treatment that led directly to the death of David Dorn, who was also a black man? These are all questions that, these are even more questions that the BLM folks uh, are going to have to answer. Number two, all of the brands, you know, have been jumping in, honoring George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, uh, wanting to make sure that everybody knows how woke they are, how virtuous they are. This one I thought was pretty inspiring. Here's um, uh, Gushers. You may remember them from those, those gross fruit snacks from the 1990s, uh, like the, the fruit snacks that are filled in with, with this fruity mucus. It's like if a strawberry sneezed into a little plastic bag and gave it to you to eat. Um, anyway, Gushers came out, and this is what they had to say. Uh, it says, Gushers wouldn't be Gushers without the black community and your voices. Gushers wouldn't be Gushers without the black community. What does that even mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. We're working with fruit by the foot on creating space to amplify that. We see you, we stand with you. So your fruit snacks see you and stand with you. That's great. 
Thank God. You know, this is what we need. We need gushers uh, teaming up with fruit by the foot, maybe throw in Dunkaroos, Teddy Grahams. Together, all of the 90s snacks will heal this nation. I have confidence. Hopefully, uh, uh, Tang can get in on the action. If you remember Tang, I don't know if they sell that anymore, but uh, for some reason in the 90s, we went through a, a fit of psychosis briefly where, where everybody was drinking Tang, which is stuff that like astronauts drink because they have to, because they're out in space and they have nothing better. And there was this phase where, where, where we would drink it on purpose, even though there were other options. Uh, number three. Well, we knew this was going to happen. Um, it was inevitable. Despite cheering on mass protests for the past two weeks and completely putting the uh, coronavirus to the side in the process, we knew that once the protests and riots were over, the media would go right back to fear-mongering about the virus again, pre- pretending that the last two weeks never happened. And yet, and yes, here we are. Here's the article from NPR. It says, Trump to restart political rallies this month despite coronavirus pandemic. And then it goes on to talk about, uh, you know, he's going to be doing political rallies and, and uh, that's so dangerous and says the Trump campaign did not comment on the specifics of safety protocols, including whether masks and temperature checks would be mandated for entry. Oh, was any of that mandated for the BLM rallies? Temperature checks? Were they doing that? These people really have no shame, no shame at all. And that is their greatest advantage. That's what we have to understand. That, that these people in the media, they will lie and contradict themselves without hesitation, without guilt, without shame, without worrying about how, how stupid and, and, and crazy and dishonest they look to other people. It's almost like a superpower. I almost envy it. Because I still, you know, I still have at least a semblance of a human conscience in, in my head. And so... Um, it's, it's always getting in the way, and you know you probably have this experience too, where you have a conscience, and uh, it may not be the greatest conscience in the world, but you have one, and it tends to get in the way. It bothers you, prevents you from being a total lying piece of crap at all hours of the day. Uh, but a lot of the people in the media, they don't have that obstacle to navigate. And it really frees them up to just do whatever they want. That's the magical thing about it. Number four, there's a reboot of uh, Looney Tunes called Looney Tunes Cartoons. Very creative title. But we're told there's one major change. There's not going to be any guns. Elmer Fudd will not have his iconic hunting rifle. Uh, the other guy, who's the other one? Uh, uh, Toucan Sam. No, that's the, that's the cartoon. Uh, Yosemite Sam. He's not going to have his pistols. I think Toucan Sam with pistols would be, would be interesting. But so there's not going to be any guns. Now, this is dumb for all the obvious reasons, not the least of which being that nobody, as far as I'm aware, has ever been shot in Looney Tunes related violence, at least not in reality. But the other reason is that there's a ton of violence in Looney Tunes, if you want to call it violence. And apparently what we're being told is that all of that stuff is still going to be a part of the show. So like, uh, you know, TNT, people getting blown up. Anvils falling on heads. Uh, apparently, Elmer Fudd's going to have a scythe now instead of a gun. They, g- they gave him a creepier weapon. Now he's running around with a, with a, with a blade trying to stab Bugs Bunny. Uh, so all of that's still allowed. You, you could, you, you're going to see characters getting crushed with anvils, which is a much more gruesome and painful death than getting shot, I would think, although I've never been killed either way. All of that's fine. 
But yeah, you can't have you can't have the guns. Okay. Five. Finally, CNBC reports um, coronavirus patients without symptoms aren't driving the spread of the virus, according to the World Health Organization. Uh, some people, particularly young and otherwise healthy individuals who are infected by the coronavirus, never develop symptoms or only develop mild symptoms. Others might not develop symptoms until days after they were actually infected. Uh, and now, who is saying that those people actually maybe can spread it, but really don't? It's very rare that they spread it. Now, this is interesting because the threat of asymptomatic carriers spreading it, I mean, you, you heard this for three months just like I did. This is one of the main reasons why they shut down society, they put 40 million people out of work, they shut down the schools and everything else. One of the main reasons, they probably the number one justification we were given is that you've got asymptomatic people out there spreading the virus like wildfire. Turns out, wasn't happening, isn't happening, won't happen, really. Not much of a risk. Okay, hey, no big deal, right? They shut down society for no reason, put 40 million people out of work for no reason, took kids out of school for no reason. No big deal. Hey, mistakes happen. You're bad. We get it. Not going to hold it against you. Of course, you're not going to be held accountable. No one's going to be held accountable for any of this. We know that. All right, we're going to get to your uh, daily cancellation. But before we do, you know, there's uh, so much that's been going on this year that it's hard to even keep track of, of everything. It's like every single... Every, every week, we've got another crisis, another huge news story. And then, of course, you have the left-wing media constantly pushing their agenda. Remember those, those conscienceless scumbags that we were talking about before. Um, and uh, they're doing that instead of actually reporting the news. So it's very hard to get the real story, to sift through all the garbage and get to the truth. And that's why you need uh, a reader's pass today from dailywire.com. You'll get access to exclusive op-eds from us. Uh, your podcast hosts, as well as guest writers, in-depth analysis from all of our Daily Wire reporters on top of our regular breaking news. Everything, everything that, um, that you know, all, all of this great information you get. This membership tier is already a bargain at $3 a month. But if you join today, you get your first month for 99 cents. You also get access to our mobile app and receive push notifications for breaking news and special content, as well as you can join the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing on our content with each other. So you get all of that. That's mobile, ad-free access to all the Daily Wire news, exclusive op-eds, um, even more on our mobile app, all for the low price of $1. Actually, less, a penny less than $1. And best of all, your dollars are getting you the news you need without the left to spin. So head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. Okay, for our daily cancellation, we're going to be canceling House Democrats now, I essentially cancel Democrats every day on this show implicitly, but now we're going to have to make it explicit in this case because of this. And there you see Democrats kneeling in silence while wearing African garb in honor of George Floyd. This is pandering on steroids. This is pandering on steroids with a shot of adrenaline after chugging Red Bull all day. This is, if somebody asked me what pandering is, I would show them this video. It's, it is that. That is what it is right there. Though, hang on a second, because I, I, I can't let this go. Uh, go back and play, I think it was like two seconds to eight seconds, two to eight, if we could play that. And you see that woman right there. I don't know who that is. She's trying to read her phone. She, she's trying to read her phone surreptitiously. 
Like while kneeling, she's got it under her knee. She's trying to read it. I've pulled this move many times in church, but I, I only to check football scores. That's the only time I would ever do it. Okay, I want to be clear about that. Um, and that that is biblical. I'm pretty sure the Bible gives you permission to do that. Except this woman has millions of cameras trained on her. Literally millions, probably. And uh, yet she thinks she can get away with this. And really, I guess she can get away with it because she's masked. This is one of the problems with the masks is that you've got people, you know, bandits out there committing atrocities and we don't know who they are. This is, this is exhibit A right here. Um, checking her phone during the moment of silence. Actually, it's not a moment of silence. It's eight minutes of silence. They kept this up for eight minutes, kneeling on the hard floor in honor of George Floyd. Now I ask you, have we ever seen anything like this before? Many great figures, many icons, many world-renowned um, people, many heroes, right, uh, have, have died. And there's been moments of silence for them and other symbolic gestures to honor them. Have we ever seen eight minutes kneeling on the ground to honor anybody? And this is for George Floyd. This is, this is, I think, the most extravagant and solemn memorial we've ever seen politicians give to anybody. And this is for George Floyd. Let me just say, George Floyd, I believe, died unjustly. And that's terrible. A lot of people die unjustly every day, and that's terrible too. His life, no more important than any of theirs. They're all important, all inherently valuable, as we discussed. But other than how he died, um, there's this was not a great man. There is no evidence that he was a great man or even a good man. So you could be upset about the injustice of it, and that's fine. That's understandable. But turning this man into a martyr and a hero and canonizing him after his death is ridiculous and outrageous and offensive. It is possible, you know, to make the case that someone died unjustly without falling to your knees in worship and adulation and acting like they were great, uh, you know, uh, heroes that, that, that should be remembered through the ages. It is possible. It's very possible. So you know, we could go with that strategy. And also, by the way, you can make that case without pretending that you've been distraught and in mourning for three weeks over this, this death, because nobody believes you anyway. When you have these Democrat politicians say, oh, we're so distraught about George Floyd. No, you're not. You're not. Nobody believes that. No one takes that any more seriously than they take these, these, these white Democrats in African garb. Uh, it's totally ridiculous, and uh, that's why the Democrats are canceled. All right. Before we wrap things up, there is something else I needed to say. Um, I don't do this very often, but I must issue a retraction. I was apparently fact-checked on something that I said yesterday, and it turns out, unknowingly, I did spread fake news. You may remember I played this video of the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, um, dancing while wearing his wife's pants. Now, I said yesterday that this dancing occurred at a BLM rally over the weekend. And I said that because that's what the internet told me. And the internet has never lied to me. Until now. It was a first time for everything. Turns out that was not from a BLM rally. That dancing occurred in 2018. I don't know why. 
Uh, I don't know why it was decided in 2018 that they would inflict this on the world, but uh, they did. And they being, I don't know who. I don't know who's responsible for this. But there he is dancing. So I was wrong, I must retract. Though I should be clear, I take no responsibility. I do not apologize. This was not my fault. I blame everyone else except for me. And by the way, come to think of it, I guess I have to issue a second retraction because you may remember uh, 35 seconds ago, I said that Jacob Fry was wearing his wife's pants. Let's take a look at those again. Just, uh, just a still shot of him in those pants. Now, the truth is, I have to be clear, I have no specific information proving that he was wearing his wife's pants. Um, now, I, I, the only evidence I have are the pants themselves, which to me, from my vantage point, clearly appear to be women's pants. Now, the, but those could be anyone's wife's pants. All right? I don't, I don't know. Was J- did she, Jacob Fry break into someone's house and uh, raid the, 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 you know, the, the, the woman's um, dresser and take the pants? I, I'm not saying that happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know what occurred. I don't know how he obtained the pants, or why, or what exactly his reason was for wearing them. I can only speculate. That's all we can do in a situation like this. But I admit that speculation on a matter as serious as this is irresponsible and reckless. All I can say for sure. Let me stick to the facts. Is that somehow, for some reason, Jacob Fry came into possession of those pants, which have the appearance of being women's pants, put them on and walked outside. That's all I can report with confidence. Maybe he got them from the women's section of a consignment shop. Who knows? We may never know. And you know, there are some answers that perhaps we are better never knowing. Glad I could get that all um, off my chest. And uh, I think we'll just, we'll, we'll leave it there with a little bit of, you know what? A little bit of accountability on my part. This is, um, this, is a, this is a model for everybody. This is what accountability looks like. And we'll leave it there. Thanks everybody for watching. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, And our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. Mm -hmm.